Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. Coming inside the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg, and I hope everybody is staying safe out there and continuing to practice social distancing as we, quote, flatten the curve of the coronavirus. Some positive signs definitely around the country as we start to open up, if you will. Uh, I know parks and, and other recreational activities are starting to open up, and who knows, uh, we could be back to normal sooner rather than later. And, and Chris, we don't know what's going to happen with the upcoming college football season because we don't know what's going to happen with the upcoming college academic calendar as far as allowing students back on campus uh, or whatnot. But all we can do is just project forward and hope that we get to uh, a, a normal football season later on this year. Well, that's absolutely right. You know, a lot of people are, and I realize everybody's holding on to any piece of optimism and I'm not, I'm one of these people that, that I'm not a pessimist. I'm not an optimist. I tend to be a little bit more analytical and realistic and, you know, tell me how you think that, you know, I want to, I, that, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, Hey, it's, you'll, it'll be better next week, coach. Well, really, you know, how's it going to be better? What are we going to do to get better? It's kind of the way I look at it. So like, like a, people are, are holding on to that certain, certain schools are saying, well, we expect to, um, you know, get back to campus starting the fall. Well, a lot of the, uh, you know, universities are saying that, Scott, because I don't want to be cynical, but they want people, the kids' deposits. I mean, they, they don't, you know, they don't want to put in a question mark about whether <laughs> yeah. we're going to have, I mean, they, so of course, if you listen to it, Yes, they're be, they're prepared. They have to be. They're prepared for the start of the fall semester or the quarter, depending on what system you're on. Of course, they are. They doesn't mean they have the go ahead. Doesn't mean they don't know. It's going to be state by state. I'm convinced as the decisions are state by state, it's going to be state by state. I, I think there's absolutely the plan to, at some point, either. Start start online or turn to online if they have to. I mean, how could you not be prepared to do that academically? And I do think that's going to have an interesting uh, effect on how this will go on. Uh, somebody sent me um, a photo. Uh, and I wish I'd have a look. It was Georgia Tech Stadium, 1918. And you could see just just a row of obviously an OO photo. People with masks on. That was the Spanish flu time. They're in the stadium with masks on, Scott. It was eerie to see. I mean, you could see it's that old grainy photo. That's you know <clears throat> I don't know where you know they got, but that's in an old book, an old George Tech as can be. And um, could we have that? How many people are going to be in a stadium? How they're going to deal with it? Uh, you know all those things are going to have to be worked out. It's I think it's more complex in college. We've talked about it and we're going to see how they handle it. How I, I do think there's a path to get everybody started. But as we talked about on our pro football show is, you know, how do we deal with it when a player 
gets it? How do we control it? How do we mm-hmm. do? And, and those are things that I am completely ignorant on. And so the treatment for it, the because now a a player gets it, well then every player on the team's exposed to it in a highly, highly viral, you know, the uh, uh, flu here, uh, uh, the disease, whatever. And then you've got the trainers and the doctors that are exposed to it. So now they go to work on somebody's ankle and they're, you know, so where does this go when you, when it happens, when, not if, when a player gets it, when a student gets it on campus, what happens then what, because can you control it? Cause it's going to happen. I mean, it's not, we're seeing it now. I mean, they're already forecasting that we're going to go up from what 1500 deaths a day to, to, we're getting ready to go to 3000 a day now because we're opening up. We basically said, I think, look, we got to open things up. It's going to mean more deaths, but we're, we're, you know, it's, it's the economy versus the health. And that's maybe an awful thing to say. It's just the reality of what we're doing. So how is this going to play out in a college football sense? Uh, And is it going to be worse in some parts, some States than others? I'm sure it will be. It's gonna gonna be like anything else. But when you bring people together, there's nowhere are you more up in each other's space than in a sports environment in a locker room. They shower together I and mean, everything. So it's it's gonna be very interesting to see how we control this, how we manage it. And uh, I'm I'm like I want everything back to normal, but I want us to stay normal and. I don't know how we do that. It's going to have to be people smarter than I. And I, yep. I'd like to sit here and say I've got confidence, but you know what? Uh, overall, as a world, you know, everybody, I think it's fa- safe to say if we're going to sit there and do a podcast, which we're doing, a talk show, which we're doing, and we're grading the whole world and every country on how they've handled this, the – coronavirus has kicked everybody's ass. Wouldn't you agree with that? And it really <laughs> has. I mean, yes. it's like, you know, no, it, it's, it's no one can figure it out. Now maybe it's just beyond figuring out and maybe it's just something, but you know, we hadn't done a really good job of it. You know, no, no one has. And, and what complicates I, I, it, Chris, it, what complicates it as far as college football is concerned is that these players are students first and athletes mm-hmm. second. Mm-hmm. Now, as much as we tend to ignore the fact that they are students at an academic institution and we just think of them as football players, no, they are students. So if students are not allowed back on campus, if classes are not in session, there's not going to be a college football season. We have to acknowledge that, that first the schools have to make the decision that's best for the safety of their students before we can even begin to discuss what the athletic programs do with their football players. Yeah. And how does that look? So if you've got, I know when I was taken, you know, I can remember like biology, which is a stance everybody had to take pretty much. That was like 300 students in an auditorium. So if you have a situation like that, do you have more sessions of that to where you only have 50 where they're in a class where they're spread out more just from an academic standpoint, or do you have, you know, certain people can take it online or, I mean, how do you do that? What does it mean? So is it, 
again, how is it going to look academically is going to have an effect on how it looks athletically. And I do think that while there is this talk, and I know down south people are saying, well, the heck, if California can't play, we, we're here in the SEC going to play. Well, okay, that that's fine. You can play your schedule, but how's that going to look? Um, now, you don't care how it looks. We don't care. Well, I mean, how is 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 somehow some player or their family members going to say, wait a minute, fans can't go to the game. We're online classes. They're not playing in conference A and conference B, but my son is having to play in conference C. Oh, they really yeah. care about me. See, I, I think there's a lot more to it. I, I think everybody is just like they're in denial that, hey, we're going to play by God, and I don't want to hear anything. And I'm listen, I'm with you because no one's going to be more devastated than I. I just I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how we're going to. I just feel like if we can get to start a football season and finish a football season, it will be one of great gifts in my life because I, I, I worry, I, I, I lack understanding of how it's going to happen. That may just be out of pure ignorance of, I don't understand how you deal with this. I'm listening like everyone else. Uh, we're still in a shutdown. Scott, in New York, you guys are still limited to what you guys can do, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, so some states are opening up. We'll have to see how it plays out. I think we're going to know in a couple of weeks how this is working, how it's not working, how you deal with it. Um, but the academic side's going to be real interesting to see how they deal with it. We got an issue beyond just college football, but as you said, college academics, high school and junior high. I mean, how are we going to deal with school on a regular basis in each state? That's going to be according to each state. But when you're dealing with college football, you're dealing with playing with, you know, programs that are across different states. So how do you deal with it? So let's say you play and, you know, now you got, let's say you got two schools in your league they can't play or they start to play, but they got major problems. What if there's a, you know, it's just, it, I, you know, there are a lot of things that you got to prepare for that. I'm not quite sure how they're, how prepared they're going to be to deal with it. No. And look, I don't put the pressure on administrators. I mean, how do you, how do you really get prepared that, you know, for something that no one understands this, they're having to rely on medical experts the state, you know, um, experts in each state. And with it, this is, this is in the hands of our health experts and our government to figure things out. And in our state governments to take heed and figure out what's the best way to go. And uh, I just hope it, it ends with us being able to play football safely, but not only come back, but stay back. Yeah. Well, very well said. Well, while we're in the way, Chris, of the NFL draft, Uh, We say goodbye to the college stars of this past season. And now we can start to look forward to whatever football season we do have in 2020, the future of the NFL. And throughout the next couple of weeks, we're going to go conference by conference in highlighting some of the top NFL prospects still in the collegiate ranks heading into the 2020 season. But overall, looking at this class of 2021, if you will, does it, 
automatically start with Trevor Lawrence and there's no way you can have a conversation about the 2021 NFL draft without starting with Trevor Lawrence? No, I think he's going to be the guy that's the focus of any discussions about the draft. It's Trevor Lawrence and, um, you know, clearly the guy and so on and so forth. And, and, you know, I don't see a scenario where he doesn't play well and is not the first pick. However, um, last year, if we were having this same show, Joe Burrow's name would not have been mentioned. Correct. He was the one. So it, 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 there's a scenario where somebody else could be that guy. And, you know, maybe, you know, it, it's not um, Trevor. Sure it is. Absolutely. There, there, there's always that possibility, but, but more about somebody that kind of like last year, it was Tua. it was tank for Tua, and the team that didn't tank for Tua still got <laughs> to at five. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> Do I think Trevor Lawrence will, will have a type of year where things will go bad and he'll slip? No, but I do see a scenario where somebody could uh, could play their way in it, and uh, it's always a possibility. But I do think it starts with Trevor. I think he has immeasurable physical gifts. You know, he hadn't lost a game until he lost to LSU in the playoffs, and I think he's going to rebound. I think he's going to mature. I think he's been wise beyond his years, but we – tend to forget that he's still young and there's still a lot of growth. And I think we're going to see that. And hopefully in a good season where we can have a full season, I think he'll produce that. So I think it'll be him. And then, you know, we can start talking about some key guys that I'm always curious to look at guys that uh, like right now that would go into the season, be the ones that are the most intriguing, but whether they come out on the back end to be the same and, you know, in some ways, it's going to look a lot the same, Scott, like it was last year. You've got Alabama, two receivers that are going to go pretty high. It's going to be Jalen Waddle, who's a very a little bit of a cross between Ruggs and 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 um, uh, and Judy, and then you got Devontae Smith, he of the the catching the championship game uh, a couple of years ago against Georgia. You know, you got Jamar Chase, who may be go higher than both of them, the great receiver of LSU. You've got one of the best offensive tackles um, that I think stands out right now, a guy that graded out so well last year in Panay Sewell of Oregon. It's really good. Um, you know, a guy that I think is interesting and maybe two guys that are off the radar uh, a little bit but have been really good players on teams that have not looked very good, but Gregory Rousseau, a defensive end, a good edge rusher from Miami and Marvin Wilson, probably the most con- one of the more consistent defensive tackles in the country last year for a Florida state team that was on the field for uh, a whole lot. Michael Parsons of Penn state. It's a great outside backer. Um, I think Sean Wade can be another really good corner at uh, Ohio state. Can he be as good as Jeffrey Okuda? I don't know. Rondell Moore, can he be that Brandon Ayuk type of receiver next year's draft? The great receiver out of Purdue. Travis Etienne, the running back at Clemson. Walker Little, a big tackle out of um, out of Stanford, could be really good. Uh, I think Xavier Thomas of uh, of um, Clemson's very good. Alex Leather, a uh, uh, defensive end. Alex Leatherwood's a really good tackle 
uh, out of Alabama. Dylan Moses coming off of an injury. So uh, Iowa, go figure, has another tackle. And Alaric Jackson, that's going to be real good. Tennessee's got a got a, uh, a good tackle that I think is going to be a guard on the next level. And, and we can go on and on and will, but there are a lot of good players uh, like there is in every year. And uh, But I do think there's a bit of a drop-off between Trevor Lawrence and the next best quarterback at this point. Well, but talk talk to me about the, the this quarterback that's starting to get some love because I think probably like somebody must 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 have mentioned him in their 2021 look ahead. Trey Lance from North Dakota State has one of the most yes. interesting stat lines that I've ever seen, Chris. So his first year as the as the starter for the Bison, and everyone listening to this podcast knows North Dakota State's just just they dominate FCS, winning the national championship every single year, or at least playing for the national championship every single year. This kid threw for twenty eight touchdowns last year. He ran for fourteen touchdowns last year. That's forty two touchdowns, if my math is correct. You know how many times he turned the ball over, Chris? No, he didn't turn it over, man. He's, zero he, interceptions. He, he, he threw twenty-eight in. touchdown passes and zero interceptions. That's unheard of. Yeah, they they play. You know, they dominate so much. They control games so much. They're hardly ever behind, and you know that contributes a lot to it. But he's really talented. Um, he's probably you know long, not, probably not as gifted as Josh Allen coming out. But he's really good, and he's going to be in play. There's no question about it. I think he's uh, got a chance to be in the mix there. And when you start looking at, you know, who the best, um, who the best, this or that, and uh, and 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 you start looking at the quarterbacks, uh, I think he's absolutely uh, in the mix. There's, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, uh, behind him, you're going to have a lot of people throw in names. Ian Book of Notre Dame, KJ Costello of Mississippi State, and Sam Ellinger of Texas, Justin Fields. But Trey Lance is really, really good. And he's a Minnesota native, and he's a kid that was a late bloomer, and he's just been outstanding. But I'm not, you know, I think Tanner Morgan's intriguing. I think people are going to really get to know how good Jamie Newman was at Wake Forest as he's at Georgia this year, Brock Purdy of Iowa State. I'm curious to see how Kyle Trask will develop at Florida. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what Chase Bryce could potentially do at Duke. Can Derek King, moving over from Houston to Miami, make a make a difference? How about Kenny Pickett at Pitt? Shane Bouchelle, at, uh, the former Texas kid at SMU, uh, is an interesting. Charlie Brewer is a kid at, at Baylor. How about Jack Cohn? You know, he's coming back at Wisconsin. Uh, highly recruited guy. Uh, curious to see what he can do. What about Michigan? Could Dylan McCaffrey do something or Joe Milton? It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, out West, Davis Mills at Stanford and Chase Garbers at Cal is going to be interesting. Who's going to get the job at Alabama? I mean, is it going to be Jones? And obviously, I think um, Mac Jones is going to get the start because I do think that not having an offseason for the true freshman is going to be difficult. And then remember a kid – at Appalachian State by the name of Zach Thomas. So those are some guys that, you know, look out for. You know, Tommy um, uh, DeVito uh, is is an interesting guy at Syracuse, big-time prospect out of high school. Chase Bryce at Duke, I think I mentioned. So there's some guys that are going to be fun to watch. I did some work recently on Justin Fields. I, I'm not as high on him as a pro prospect as other people are, 
Um, he needs another year. Think he needs to come back for a senior year. Well, we'll see. You know, but I, I, I need to really, just from a timing and anticipation and accuracy, I think he's a very gifted athlete. But um, I, I mean, I think he's good. Don't take, don't take me wrong on that. I just don't know right now. He certainly would not be a top five pick in the draft if the draft were held today. Uh, off of his production this year, perhaps, but right now, no. We'll get back into the podcast in just a minute. But first, with no more sports on as of now, there's really not much you can bet on. Or so you thought. There's so much action you could still have at betonline.ag. There's eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, the spelling bee. You could bet on the masked singer, Kitty, plus 400, by the way. There's $750,000 poker series as well. There's so much fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. I love their Madden Sims as well. I think I'm 3-0 and so far on Madden Sims. Again, betonline.ag. The promo code is MYPOD100. BetOnline. Your online wagering experts. What about a doomsday scenario, Chris? If there is no college football or a shortened college football, I'm sure it's going to benefit a guy like Trevor Lawrence because we already know there's there's enough film out on him. We've talked, we've debated this that if he would have came out two years ago, he's probably the number one overall pick. If he would have came out this past year, he could have been the number one overall pick. So he's going to be fine. But there's going to be a lot of players that don't have the chance to showcase their abilities. They don't have the chance to get better. And could we see a scenario? I know you touched on it briefly last episode. But could we see a scenario where there's a player out there, and we've seen it in full seasons, right? Like Joey Bosa decides, you know, he's going to rehab from injury and focus on the draft and not play the remainder of the season for Ohio State. If this college football season is impacted do you think we'll see players make that decision to just take the year, take the season off and start to focus on the NFL? I think if we get into the spring or we have this late start or God forbid we play, we have to wait to play in the spring. I think that becomes a bigger factor and a bigger issue because that goes into too close to the draft. And, and I think in that scenario, by the way, I think the draft would likely be moved back to say like August, if they were to be, you know, start in January, finish or start in February and finish in May or whatever, if that were to happen, then I think they would have to, the draft would have to move it. Cause you couldn't remember we had a football season to evaluate these players this past year, but we wouldn't have a season this fall to evaluate players. So we would have to move the draft back just from an NFL standpoint. But I think you could see that. Um, you know, I don't know if you're going to see a lot of that in the fall, I, but I, it's a good point. W- what if, again, everybody wants to, to learn more. I mean, everybody, no one has answers. Everybody has questions. So, okay. If it looks like, look, we're not going to have a real season. Well, all right. It, they, they're adamant. We're going to play a national championship and all that. Well, Okay. Well, if you only got two conferences playing, and I don't know, it's probably not going to be that. But okay, if we go that far, well, what are we going to do? We're, we're you're not going to have bowl games. We're not. I mean, so exactly what you are playing. Well, if it looks like we're just playing games to bring some revenue at the gate, 
but there's no real end game to a championship. There's no carrot at the end. Yeah, I could see some players saying, you know what? I'm not doing that. I mean, I, you know, but who are the players? What did they produce? Some of the guys that I mentioned probably would fit in that category. A lot of others need to play maybe three or four games if they can to maybe help their stock. So I think it's going to be very individual. Here's the other thing to keep in mind that, that I am monitoring closely. The league is monitoring closely is a supplemental draft in July. Are we possibly could be petitioned or sued to have a later one after a decision is rendered. So mm. hear me out in we're going to probably know something certainly by June 1st, whether we, we have a plan to get into some camp and getting kids in. Okay. So we're moving on. We're moving forward. We're going to have a season, yada, yada, yada. We get past July. We get into August. We've got some stoppage. We've got some delays. We've got some problems. Um, it looks like we have to reverse and there's some decision there's going to be, you know, some lawsuits to try to, to get petitioned by some of these players to have a supplemental draft. Will the league do it? Uh, probably not. But I guess my point is there could be, and I've been asked this a bunch, could, could, we could have a supplemental draft issue with a lot of players just saying, you know what? I don't know if there's going to be a season or not. I I want a petition, and I'm going to get some legal help to get it done. Because if you go into the, supple the supplemental draft for people that don't know how it works, it's for people whose draft status has changed from the time of the April draft until July. A kid flunks out of school. He's suspended from a school, a team, he can't play anywhere. That's a special exemption. You can't just bypass the draft and say, all right, I want to go in the supplemental draft. Can't do that. But if there is some doubt as to whether there's a season, you better believe some kid somewhere with a lawyer is going to say, let's petition, let's sue to get into a supplemental draft. Because why do you want to run the risk of whether you may or may not play? Why not get into a supplemental draft? Get on a team. Get paid. And whether you play pro football this year or not, get developed while you're getting paid, uh, whether you play or not, and, and do that. That is something that we need to look out for. I don't know that we're going to have the answers for the July draft, but I'm telling you, some kids are going to want to come out in the draft. They're going to have to have a legitimate reason. And the league is not going to want to just allow guys in because they don't want to hurt that relationship with the NCAA, you know, the schools. Um, but that is a real issue right now. I know that some kids that are prospects are saying, well, wait a minute, man. Uh, now, are you eligible? Uh, are, you know, that that's going to be the key. Are you three years out of high school? There are a lot of things that I can see somebody suing. Now, wait a minute. This is a unique situation. No, he's not suspended or whatever. But there's a threat of not having a season. Would you do, you know, I don't know any of that's going to be resolved by July or August, but I could see a scenario where if it gets shut down, they may say, you know, hey, 
I represent ABC player. It's September. There is no college season. They've suspended the season. We, we, we want to sue for the right to be able to have a supplemental draft and get in now. How will the league handle it? How, you know, that's, that's something that I know they've got, the legal folks have got to be looking into seeing how they're going to deal with it. Cause I think that's, you may not hear about it. That's something that is going to be discussed behind the scenes. I can tell you. Uh, oh, that's real interesting. That is real. That's that you're right. No one's talking about that. And that could be the most dynamic thing that happens with this upcoming uh, NFL season. So, okay. In addition to the top players, that we're going to be focusing on. And as I mentioned, throughout each week here on the podcast, we're going to highlight a different conference and go to the top players, the top NFL prospects, I should say, in each respective conference. But up on LandryFootball.com, as we start to finalize or think about the rosters for these teams next year, what else are we focusing in on on our daily notebooks? Well, we've got tons of recruiting information. Clemson got the Big five-star commitment from Shipley, the running back from North Carolina, great player. Tennessee's on a bit of a roll this past week. We've got some making some inroads. Uh, lots of recruiting news, more than I anticipated. This um, uh, this this holdup has forced a lot of kids, or they've decided, hey, you know what? We're not going to be able to take the visits. I'm just going to make a decision on what I know now, and we're getting a lot, a lot of recruiting information. So we've got a lot of that going on. We also are breaking down a lot of the players that are coming back. We do a little bit each and every day. We talk about certain players. You know, who's going to be replacing Isaiah Simmons? You know, not that you can replace a guy like that, but who's going to be playing the position? And uh, looking at key guys around the country each and every day in our notebooks, we've got that. And, of course, we have our um, already our early uh, board of uh, 2021 draft, uh, our watch list uh, draft board, and we're breaking down recruiting state by state. So we've got a lot that we're covering. We're going to be starting breaking down all the college programs rosters as well, the top players, the key things to look for in each team. So uh, it's roster analysis, uh, player analysis, coaching analysis. We've got our up and coming. Young coaches um, uh, post that we got up this week that uh, is comprised of not only the college but NFL guys that uh, the guys you need to know about when coaching opens come about as they do each and every year. How many coaching openings, Shadow, we're going to have this year? Maybe not so much. Maybe every coach gets a pass this year Mm -hmm. because of of the unusual circumstances. And if you got to pay off a coach, does your big money booster? I mean, what's your stock market portfolio is going to look at that then? You know, what Vince McMahon was worth $2.9 billion, now he's worth $1.9 billion. <laughs> I know cry him a river, but, you know, that's a billion dollars, my friend. That's a lot of money lost. How is that going to play out? Is that going to factor in? Maybe coaches are going to get a pass because they won't be bought out. Although, do you see that Danny Manning got completely $17 million they bought him out at Wake Forest? So, Maybe it won't factor in, but uh, we're keeping you up to date on all of that at LandryFootball.com. Our scouting season offer is still there because we're in scouting season. We will get you prepared for the football season, folks, uh, breaking down rosters and teams. So you'll want to hop on board now because when the football season starts, you want to be prepared, and we're going to have it for you. 
And be sure to follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball for the latest breaking news and analysis. You can follow me at Scott's On Air. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the College Football Film Room wherever you get your podcasts from. We will continue to bring you entertainment each and every week, reminding you to stay safe out there, continue to flatten the curve. Chris, we're back at it next week as we start to look ahead towards the 2020 season, whenever that may begin. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to it and optimistic and hopeful. And we move forward, breaking down uh, college football and NFL football for you and with you. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.